You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of thebarkboard.com. Very well defended by Ellis. Maybe a little bit of holding right there on the break, but all in all, very good defense. Slap, intercepted. Shannon Edwards picks up Buchanan, tiptoeing down the sideline, and it's a pick six for Fresno State. Well, the defense finally gets something going. A pick six, and the Bulldogs are on the board as they pick Buchanan. Tim DeRuiter is asking why the clock is running. Virgil over the middle for the end zone. And in traffic, it's snared for a touchdown by Josiah Blandin. Second touchdown in as many weeks for Blandin. The clock was becoming a factor, and Virgil stayed strong and true in that pocket, delivering a strike. The ball placement was incredible. He hangs on to that slant route by Blandin. The safety can't get over there because Blandon flattened the route just a little bit to get out of that traffic, and in the end, it's perfect for Fresno State to score with no time left in this first half. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. Well, and those were the highlights of the last game. Well, let's call it the shellacking that Fresno State took up against Old Miss. And so, without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce my co-host, Mr. Josh Webb. Hey, hey, buddy. How you doing, my good man? Oh, I'm, I'm doing just, just great after, uh, after that uh, shellacking Fresno State took uh, this weekend against Old Miss. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people trying to recover from that one. Yeah, uh, that was one of the more, well... I don't know what that was. I, 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 I can honestly say that I'd never I've sat and watched 70 point games like this before, but I never covered one. You know, I, it just it's 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 an odd thing to watch something like this unfold and then have to analyze it. You know, usually when you're watching this stuff, it's it's because college football just came back and and. And, and some power five team is, is crushing like the Abilene Christian of the world. And, and instead it was, it was watching, you know, the once mighty bulldogs just, it was, it wasn't pleasant, man. And I, I, I imagine we've, we've got a lot to get to today. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm at a point where I'm kind of like, where do we even begin on this one? I mean, things just seem to kind of spiral out of control but it did seem like parts of the team were still fighting through the game. Um, but one question that might be answered fairly quickly here is who the starting quarterback is going to be. And by last, if anything from last week is telling, I expect a certain someone to probably take the starting uh, quarterback position away from uh, Mr. Greenlee here. What do you think about that, Josh? Yeah, I certainly think that Chase and Virgil showed, showed us something against Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, he made some mistakes, and there's going to be uh, some things that he's going to need to learn. And it's possible that there's another side of this that we'll get to in just a minute. But I, I want to touch on what you said with regard to Virgil. And, and and I think the thing that impressed me the most with, with Virgil is that, look, Ole Miss's defense is, is no joke. They're a damn good defense. They're a a pretty scary defense, all things considered. And when we were talking about Virgil prior to the season, we talked about how this dude would get killed, right? Like he needed to put on weight, otherwise he'd get killed. He was just too skinny. Yeah, I mean, everybody kept saying that he just was, he just didn't have the body yet to take a punishment. But I think he's been starting to prove people wrong. I think he proved him wrong. I mean,. He he hung in the pocket there last last Saturday, and he took some vicious hits while delivering some strikes, and and he knew the hits were coming, but he knew the throw needed to be made, and I think that plus the spark that he provided the offense for me is the reason that he should be the starter moving forward, but. And I'll, you know, kick it back to you on this note. 
the thing that this Fresno State coaching staff has emphasized time and time again has been taking care of the football on offense. Well, Fort Childress threw a pick six. Jason Virgil nearly threw two pick sixes, definitely threw one. Guess who didn't turn the ball over? Yeah, that would be Mr. Zach Greenlee. But the problem is, is even though he's not turning the ball over, he's not moving the ball either. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a thing about not turning the ball over, but there it's a whole nother one entirely if you're not even moving the chains. So I'd rather go with a quarterback who is at least trying to make something happen and making his mistakes and then learning from them than sitting there and going three and out almost every time. I mean, it does you no good at all by taking a real safe type of approach. And let's face it, Zach Greenlee wasn't really providing any type of a spark to that offense. You could just see the body, uh, just see the players, how they're, you know, how they're, they carried themselves once Virgil got in there. It was just kind of a total different kind of a feel. Don't you think that that's the type of feel we were getting off of that? Yeah, I think that when you look at what Virgil brought when he came into that offense was sort of an energy and a passion that that made guys go out there. You look at the little extra effort given by Damari Scott. You, you look at, you know, Josiah Bland and going up high and grabbing a ball. I, I mean, there are. There are things to take away from what I'm pretty sure Josiah Blandon caught that touchdown pass. Yes, yes he did. Virgil. Yeah, it was okay. on our opening credits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, I thought I heard that on the opening segment there. Uh, you know, I, it just it, it looked like everybody I, I don't it may not even necessarily be that they played harder. It may just be that they play better with him in there. They like he jibes with what they do. They understand him a little bit more. Um, a better chemistry. In any, in any case, uh, the, auto, the offense, to your point, looked noticeably different. Oh, yeah, it did. I mean, I was like, wow, this this looks like pretty much like Virgil is about to supersede Zach Greenlee as the starting quarterback. I mean, it it looks like it, it. I mean, Zach Greenlee was in there for the first quarter, and then we never saw him again for the rest of the game. So something there is telling something there is starting to show that the that the coaching staff is starting to lean more towards Chasen versus Zach. And if that's the case, why not start um, Chasen and keep him in there? I mean, even if the Bulldogs end up not make having a very good record this year, at least Chasen will get his lumps and will learn from this season. Zach Greenlee looks like a man who's, whose day is numbered here at Fresno State. So unless he can provide some other type of spark, I, I don't I don't see Zach Greenlee really making much of a challenge for that starting position anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think that the you know, I don't necessarily know that the staff has fallen in love with Chase and Virgil because that would imply that they didn't want this to happen from the word go. They they definitely did. Um, you know, we reported back before the season started that the staff. They were already thinking about starting him, but obviously there there are some things you have to work out if you're going to make that call. And I think diplomatically, or at least when 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 you're when you arrive at the end of the season and you're a head coach, when you have your season review, these are the types of things that they're going to ask you to justify. And had they just gone out there, tossed Virgil in there, and the season went to crap, uh, or they had a poor record. You might not necessarily get that benefit of the doubt because there's always going to be those people that say, well, if they'd started Greenlee, this never would have happened. <laughs> well, guess what? Now they've put Greenlee in there. They've given him not one, not two, but three different chances to win this job, as Andrew Martin said on our last podcast, and he hasn't done it. I think this is a pretty defensible position moving forward if you're Tim DeRuiter having to justify your decision to, you know, uh, athletic director Jim Barco at the end of the year. I think it's much more justifiable to say we gave Greenlee every chance to succeed, but it was evident to nearly everyone. And I'm sure Barco's seen energetic quarterbacks provide a spark. 
you know, he's used to seeing one or two good quarterbacks at his former school. He knows what an offense looks like when it's firing. And he knows what an offense looks like when it has the right guy in there. And he knows what these types of offenses are supposed to look like. And Chase and Virgil gives him that. And if Tim says, look, man, I think it's evident to everyone, including yourself, that Chasen gave us the best chance to win. And we gave Greenlee every opportunity. Barco's not going to be able to come back and say, ah, I disagree. Uh, the, the, this situation speaks for itself. He gave Greenlee the opportunities. Greenlee didn't deliver. I think it's justifiable if the coaches decide to, to make Virgil the guy moving forward. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've been out at, at some of the practices and just standing around both uh, Greenlee or Virgil uh, to get a sense of which one is like the starting quarterback, which one carries the confidence, and that's Virgil. Uh, Greenlee seems like he's he's more of an introvert. He's just not he doesn't seem like he's like the the leader type of a guy which you know it's not a knock on on greenlee it's just that chase and virgil just carries that much more swagger if you want to even say that and to tell you the truth virgil in a pocket getting away from from uh, from defenders will probably have a better chance of outrunning some of them than greenlee has cuz i think i've seen two games now where greenlee tries to spin out of um of a sure sack and runs right into the defender and still gets sacked. So, you know, Virgil's more mobile. You know, man, I, 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 I noticed one of our, one of our great posters had broke, went on and, and they broke down those first 20 snaps for each guy. And, and, and they operated, they, they broke down their statistics under the assumption of, okay, look, Dave Schramm said that this is a run-pass option. So if you take Schramm at his word, if it, and that's the baseline for where we're starting here, and, and you look at what transpired in, in Virgil's 20 snaps versus Greenlee's 20 snaps, there were far more handoff to Waller by Greenlee. Now, if you're assuming, and the poster pointed this out, and, and you know, my I, next podcast we're going to get it right, or Lucio will find it, by the end of this podcast and we'll get, make sure they give this person credit, but they correctly pointed out if you're operating under the assumption that it's a read pass option, then what is Greenlee doing? He's opting not to pass, right? He doesn't. So if he's not passing in Tram's offense, why? Well, the only thing you can really think of is that he doesn't feel comfortable passing. Exactly. I because mean, it sure as hell wasn't that Waller had the hot hand on Saturday. Uh, no, it, well, Waller Waller ended the night with 91 yards uh, on 28 uh, attempts. So that's still a, a pretty good showing. But if you if I'm looking at right, the stats, but how many carries did he have to 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 do that? 28. Uh, uh, yeah, he had 28 attempts, and, and that was a career high. Yeah, yeah, and he only so got 91 ran, yards. They ran him a career high against an Ole Miss front seven, and he didn't even have 100 yards, and it didn't matter. They set a career high against the team they were getting blown out by. Yeah, and that's just them I, I, trying to get a against run. Against a guy going. with a guy that was already injured last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's All right. right. And, and if I'm looking at the rushing stats, I mean, if the quarterback is also supposed to keep them, Green uh, Greenlee attempted four runs for twelve yards. Virgil attempted three for twenty-two. So he's getting a, a better average yardage than uh, Greenlee is, and that just tells you he's just more mobile and more agile to get away from defenders. Well, he seems more confident, which is probably part of that spark that you were talking about. He provides to the offense. He, he looks more confident. He, he moves the ball with more purpose and more zip. And I think that this needs to be – look, people have been on Shram justifiably so. But it, it, look, Shram, for all the faults that this guy has, and he has many, and this is still a fault, he has improved on at least during game situations yelling at his guys. He seriously has improved on that. Oh, yeah. But what you like about Chasen is that whatever yelling Shram does do seems to roll off his back. 
Oh, I've seen and that. That's the kind of guy that Shram gets more and more confident in. The type of personality that Shram has, he's going to get gain more confidence in somebody who's not bothered by what he says. Oh, I've seen a, I, I, like I told you, I've been around these guys at practice. I've seen, I've seen them yell at both Virgil and Greenlee, and Virgil just kind of walks away, like whatever, man. And Greenlee kind of, he, he just he gets he gets inside his own head, and then he just kind of shuts down. So I don't know. Is that the type of quarterback you want? Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But what's going to happen for sure, though, as Coach Tim DeRuiter says, we they will settle on a starting quarterback by the time conference play starts. Well, guess what? That's one more game away. So by the end of this upcoming game, if he doesn't have a starter named, there might be a little bit of a fallout, especially with the fan base going, hey, you promised us a starting QB, and you still haven't decided on one. What's the, go- what's the story here? What's going on? And I know there'll be some backlash if he doesn't settle on somebody soon because r- playing three quarterbacks every game is getting kind of tiring and kind of old. And you just need to settle on one and go with it. Yeah, the the team needs that confidence and energy moving forward. It, it doesn't really do anybody any good to be bouncing back and forth between chemistry uh, uh, or between the, the chemistry between different guys. Uh, it just... Uh, and and if you're going off of just it's chemistry, just awk- yeah, it's if, just awkward, man. If, it hasn't it hasn't worked for the past year and a half. I, if you're going off of chemistry, which one of these three quarterbacks have shown the best chemistry so far? Virgil, exactly. I mean, everybody tends to play harder for the guy that they they feel more comfortable with, and Virgil's been the guy. Even if he's been throwing those interceptions, you kind of have to go with him because he's got the best chemistry with everybody else. But, you know, that's besides the point because even, I mean, even if they set on a starter and they start getting this offense going, this offense cannot, is not built to go into shootouts with other teams. The defense has to step up eventually. And the defense got torched this last game. Uh, They were thrown on for 392 yards and ran against for 215 what do you do to kind of stop the bleeding here, Josh? Uh, I think the first thing that you do is figure out something. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I honestly, I think the first thing you got to do is replace the defensive coordinator. Uh, for for me, and and this is sort of where I'm at with it. Toth's defenses have been ranked 95th or worse, and 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 as some of our posters have pointed out it's not it's not just that the defense is getting beat it's that guys aren't lining up properly they're not using the proper technique uh generally they're they're getting beat pretty badly in games that matter uh the passing delay as a whole the defense just isn't working no i mean i mean they got torched for i want to say close to total yards about about 600 total yards if you're if we're looking at this uh this last game yeah 607 total yards this last game that's what they gave up total and 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 it's worth mentioning that Ole Miss had a quarter in there where they didn't accomplish anything because they didn't want to accomplish anything that was the second quarter <laughs> yes when they intentionally took out a guy with 277 or excuse me 233 yards three touchdowns another 24 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown they took him out this chad chad kelly has literally not had a drive for Ole Miss that season that has not ended in a touchdown in any game that they played, the whole two of them, but he has not had a drive that hasn't ended in six. And and to be on to be all Ole Miss as a team has not had a three and out this season. They're I, one of four teams in college football that haven't had a three and out. And I see a lot of people. I I, I saw a lot of comments of people saying that they just got blown out by, by this team. And I'm thinking, you know what, Ole Miss is a lot better than what their ranking is. And uh, I'm thinking they're probably in the top 10 easily as uh, as the season goes on. 
Uh, well, we're going to find out this weekend. Oh, Ole yeah. Miss, oh, everything we need to know about Ole Miss, we're going to find out this weekend. Yeah, they play who, Alabama? Yep. Every single thing we need to know about Ole Miss and Alabama, <laughs> we're going to find out this weekend. I'm marking the. I'm. I'm trying to find uh, where that one's going to be played so I can watch that one, just so I can see just how much of a difference that makes. Because if Ole Miss goes out and puts a beating on Alabama, then we know exactly where Ole Miss stands. Yep. So it. And, and f- but this way- is the thing, as I talked about with 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 an, a, 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 another another radio show host, this game could have been in the hundreds if Ole Miss decides not to pull <laughs> Kelly. Are you kidding me? If they would have ran it like they usually do, um, they let the starting quarterback run at least until the third quarter, uh, this game would have easily been in the hundreds. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Bulldog fans. The truth hurts, but this this could have been a lot worse than what it was. Uh, I mean, geez. they they pulled him out uh, at the end of the first quarter because he had already scored twenty eight points. Uh, I mean, four touchdowns already. That's just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, he ended the night with three hundred forty six yards and four touchdowns, and he was twenty of twenty five. He didn't even he he barely broke twenty five and and uh, he actually had attempts. five touchdowns. He had five touchdowns. Yeah. Go look at his rushing stats. Oh yeah, the rushing shows the mm-hmm. yeah. So he had five total touchdowns. So yep. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, most of that's most of those yards he accumulated in that first qu- first quarter. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, he is the real deal. I as far as I'm concerned, and if I don't know why they were even saying that they had a quarterback controversy at Ole Miss, I think he's the guy. That's the guy you need to stick with. So, but. You know where does that put Fresno State now going up against Utah? That's that's what that's what we need to figure out. But before we do that, I want to see there was some fan questions, and I'm, I'm going to throw these at you, Josh, because you know might as well get them out of the way while we can. Um, I think we already answered one. Why are the Bulldogs giving up 70 points to anybody? Um, well, I mean that's sort of an unfair question. Like, <laughs> I look, man, it's not like. And I know that the Bulldogs have been bad, and I've been <clears throat> one of the biggest proponents that that some, some things have been bad and that maybe a replacement or two needs to happen. But saying, why are the Bulldogs giving up 70 points to anybody doesn't exactly hold here. I mean, this is a particularly loaded team. But still, I, it's, it's less about the score to me and more about the effort put forth. There, like I said, alignments were wrong. Assignments were wrong. There was a lot of stuff wrong. And, a lot of stuff wrong. And let's face That's it, why they gave up 70. The they were not team, prepared. The team is really young still, too. Um, we don't have very many... There's not very many seniors on this team, is there? No, I've, there's not. So it's pretty much a, a real young team. They're going to make their mistakes. The, 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 the difference is, is can they learn from their mistakes and be put in a position to, to succeed? And that falls back on the coaching staff. So... Like you said earlier, if if this season ends up being where Fresno State ends the year ranked pretty close to last in defense, it might be time to to do something. You know, uh, Toth's days may be numbered, and he may not even know it. <laughs> so we'll see what happens when the, the season starts progressing. Now, another user question. Um, they want to know why is Fresno State's offensive calling inept um and i I guess the other question it it pretty much goes hand in hand with this he says i've noticed that the first two games the play calling on both sides of the ball has been very basic are the coaches holding back because of lack of experience or are they not trying to show much before conference play starts so josh what do you think about that i the answer is yes so definitely, they're they're holding something back then. No, the answer. What what what, what were the two options? <laughs> um, let me see. Are the coaches holding back because of lack of experience, or are they trying to show much? Uh, trying not to show much before conference play starts. Yes. <laughs> so yes, on both. <laughs> um, look, I I think there's a hint of not wanting to show what you have, but but uh, look, there there's. There's some things that aren't working here, and 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 
it just needs to be addressed. It that it's not about one game. It's about 18 games in a row. It's it's about going back to the fact that the 2013 team should have never really been undefeated. If if you go through and you break down that season, Fresno State needed uh, they needed a lot of stuff to go right against San Diego State. Yes. They needed a miracle against Rutgers. Yes. They needed to get uh, well. I, I, I mean, it, oh. I don't know that they needed to to get a little lucky against Boise State, but that certainly that's certainly not the game that everybody thought that that the best bulldog team in years would have over an eight and five Boise team. No, they ended up uh, one point win, a one, one point win, and uh, still not stopping much on defense. Nope, and and then they ultimately wound up getting torched by a San Jose State team that didn't even qualify for a bowl. They had to put the starters back in against Cal Poly. They nearly flubbed it on the island against Hawaii. That was a bad team. That was a good team. Yeah, and and, 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 it, and, and, and the offense was able to hide a lot of sins on defense. This defense is just inexperienced it has if you have an inexperienced guy running a defense you're going to get an inexperienced product and fresno state has both and the first couple of seasons their defense was well the very first season their defense was pretty good but that was because a majority of those players were still pat hills players too and you know you had uh philip thomas in there uh, he, he was just out, he was playing out of his mind that season as well so that made a big dif- difference on defense and then ever since he left things haven't been quite right have they you think i'm right? i mean i i don't think you're crazy here I, I i i just don't necessarily know if 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 you have all of the information i mean truth that everything you've said is accurate but they also had to play a bit different offensive scheme than what they're using now. It's a bit more simple because they didn't have the guys to run what they wanted. And oddly enough, simple worked. Yeah, and that and that's that makes me laugh at what you just said. They didn't they didn't exactly play the defense that they wanted because they didn't have the guys that they Right. That and they it was needed. the best defense that they've had. And it was the best defense, so why don't they revert back to that because simple Because it's thing? not what they want. And 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 as a, Look, the reason that I say you need to move on from a guy instead of, oh, well, you know, give him a chance is because this is what Toth wants to run. And clearly it's not working. If Toth wanted to try a different defense, Fresno State would. Yeah, yeah. But they're not going to. So if you know they're not going to and you like, here's the thing with Fresno is now people have them figured out. Now, the question then becomes, can you execute? Just because Fresno is going to give you it, give it to you doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to beat it. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, everybody looks at it and says, oh, well, you know what's coming. You can go, oh, easier said than done sometimes. Uh, oftentimes, maybe you don't have the horses on offense to, to, to take advantage of what they're giving you on defense. That's the strategy of it. It's just that more often than not, it after Derek Carr left, teams haven't had that much of a difficulty taking advantage of what Toth wants to give them. No, the, Carr gave them a, a just a whole nother kind of a dimension because he was pretty much another coach out on that field. He knew exactly what things needed to be done. So when you don't have that kind of leadership out on the field right now, which they don't, I mean, you every receiver that's every quarterback that's there basically doesn't even know what's going on yet, and it's going to take them a while to figure it out. That forces the coach to do even more coaching than what he's comfortable with. So, uh, you know, what do you do? Well, we'll find out, man. We will find out. So, what else do our listeners want to know? Feed me, Lucio. Feed me. <laughs> well, oddly enough, those were the only two questions. That we that we had because we didn't give anybody enough time. No, we we pretty much did it uh, on short uh, on short notice. So I'm me hit the refresh button just in case something else came in. But other than that, I think 
She could oh. be like, why do you guys suck so much? <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> I just, another comment just came up. And it just says, because it answers that one call, that one guy's question, uh, is our play calling inept? And another writer or another uh, one of our listeners wrote on there, or is Pat Hill back? So, um, well, I don't know. It, it, it is kind of funny. Um, when Pat Hill was here, it got to a point where, uh, you knew what play was coming, um, and it typically ended up either being a run down the middle or a bubble screen to the outside. And the funny thing is, is that <laughs> I'm starting to kind of miss some of those plays. So, <laughs> it, it, and I bet some of those fans out there are as well because at least they knew and where you they wonder, stood. And you wonder why Fresno State fans were like laughing at USC fans when they were living through the Kiffin era. Yeah. Because they're like, dude, are you bitching about power runs and bubble screens? Seriously? Like, we did that 10 years before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's just the way Pat Hill liked to do his thing. And, uh, well, you know, unless they get this offense going, I'm, I'm kind of missing that kind of that kind of play. Because at least at least they got yards. I mean, you you would you hated the play calling because it was always the same type of play almost every time, but at least you knew where you stood with this team. Right now, I have no idea where I stand with this team because this team is just not performing the way I thought it was going to perform. And and yes, the season is still young, and we haven't even gotten into conference play. But we'll find out uh, exactly how they bounce back when they head when they come back home and they face Utah. <laughs> Here's where I come down and I weigh in. Like, fans can keep bringing up the Hill era all they want, and that's fine. And and there's probably some great parallels, some great things to point out. I'm sure there's a great point-counterpoint argument. But here's what I do know from a pure outsider's perspective. The Hill offense is not going to work in this era of college football. No. It's not going to. No, those days so, are gone. Those days are what? gone. Whatever you think about Deruder, whatever you think about Hill, we're in a new era of college football, and, and it's just different. I, I don't know that unilateral comparisons work. I don't know that saying this or saying that uh, is necessarily fair to either guy because it's two er completely different eras of college football. I think that the, the, the important thing to concentrate on with Fresno is that this offense just had – this offense – has not really been good since Carr left, and this defense has not been good since Philip Thomas left. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's two two guys that you know were very important because you had one leader on offense and you had one leader on defense that pretty much ran the whole thing, and there hasn't been anybody to step up since those two players have left, and uh, they're still trying to find their identity and. I, they better figure it out soon because Utah comes They're in. They're going to figure it out, or a new coach will figure it out for them. That's just where we're <laughs> at with this team. Like, honestly, it's true. I mean, if this team continue on the path that they're on, it may not be this season. It may not even necessarily be next season, though I would think it would be next season. Yeah, I, I mean, they, uh, they need to this, turn around. If this team continue on the path that they're on, I, I'm with Andrew Martin on I think that DeRuiter gets another year. Yeah, at because least. Because this team's so young. Unless things go horribly wrong this season, which they've started off at least in that area. Like, if it doesn't get better, like if Fresno State ends this season with a lot more losses like this and in the three-win territory, I think everybody gets sacked. I, I truly do. Because, and the reason I think that is because I don't think it's going to become bearable for anybody to be there. Yeah. The staff has already shown that they've had some problems taking criticism from fans. There's been reports of coaches blocking guys and, and people having to email ADs, uh, uh, Barco about, you know, them being surprised with the Rooter and Toth's reaction to certain things. And I think that culturally you're going to enter into two different ways of doing things because when coaches 
or see the wagon circling. And, and you're certainly going to see that after you've had a bad year and end season start out like this. It's just, it's natural, man. It wouldn't matter who it is. I guarantee it, it wouldn't. If Saban started this season, he wouldn't be feeling any more secure right now. If he started the season like this, uh, he may be actually feeling less secure because of the expectation at Alabama. But, uh, it, it if things stay on the track that they're on, it, it it's not hard to see culturally coaches saying, OK, well, I've I've got to go into my way of doing things like me trying to be flexible. Is it working? Whenever your back's against the wall, you definitely go with what you know the best and what these coaches know the best hasn't worked yeah. in 18 weeks. Yeah, they're That's gameplay They're 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 struggling. Um now, do you, you know, history, it has happened before here at Fresno State uh, where a team, in, even in the Pat Hill area, where they started 0-4 on the season and ended up turning it around uh, to a, like a 7-5 and or an 8-4 and team. Does this team have that kind of, uh, that kind of character to even make a run like that? Do you think that they still have the ability to to make a run? I I can't answer the question about character because I think it's too early in the season to test character. I can tell you that they have the talent. Okay. This team have the talent. This team have the talent to get a win against the Utah team that's not looked overly great in, in two weeks of play. They've looked at least vulnerable, I would say. This team has the talent to pull off an upset against a team like that if things go their way and, and they play within themselves. They as, as down as I've been on this team and on, on some of these coaches, they've proven that they can, can make things interesting. Yeah. They can. Yeah, they can. I mean, yeah. and, and, and so the question of whether or not they have the character to is something that's going to be put to the test. I personally think that, that all of these kids have the character. I just think sometimes with, with football, it's a question of being able to get that character out of the kids. But inherently, I think they all have it. Just some coaches are better at tapping into it than others. Now, it, it, this upcoming game that they're facing Utah, I mean, which now they're are, they're in the polls at – are they still in the polls at 24 or are they moved up the, the rankings more? Uh, I believe I saw Utah 21. They're at 21 now. 21, 20, somewhere around there. They're 21 according to their media guide. Now, this this is not going to be uh, – this, this is a team that is also going to be a test, especially their running back, Devontae Booker. Uh, this guy seems like he's – he can be electric if they uh, if 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 they if the Bulldogs allow him to run wild. This could be another long day for the Bulldogs because Bulldogs have this history of letting running backs kill them in games. Is are is Fresno State's defense built to even slow Devontae Booker down? That's probably what my question is. You know, honestly, in, in, in the one thing that the Fresno defense has been able to do has been stop the run at least to, to a relatively successful degree. Um, you know, we, we, we got a feature coming up on the site on Nate Madsen and, 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 you know, all of the hard work that he's put in. And he's certainly now become one of the leaders on that defensive line. You Devontae Booker is going to be a stiff challenge, uh, but this defense have shown that they're able to rise to stiff running back challenges. They they did what they needed to do against Jay Ajayi uh, uh, in, in, in that 2013 win. They, they can do it. We'll see what happens. It, it, I don't know if I would put my money on the Bulldogs stopping Booker this year. But I again, I fall back on they've shown that they have the ability to do these things. It's just a question of do you bet that Fresno can and nothing that they've shown has has me betting that they can. But I know that they are able to now Utah, Utah uh, played Utah State last week and won that one 24 to 14. But I guess I should say betting that they will. <laughs> they they won last week 24 to 14 over Utah State. 
Now, the biggest thing that I'm noticing here is neither they used two quarterbacks and neither one of them threw for over 100 yards, and they still won the game. Um, they had a total of 132 passing yards between the first and second quarterback, and they did... I, I You know, it, it's worth mentioning that the reason they use two quarterbacks is because Travis Wilson went out with an injury. Okay, so and, is and he back? Kendall Thompson, Ken, well, we don't know. That's the mystery Whittingham will not <laughs> unveil until... There's a reason that there's no gambling line on this game, and it's because Whittingham isn't going to announce whether or not uh, uh, what's-his-bucket uh, Travis Wilson or Kendall Thompson are going to play. Um, but one source... Uh, uh, one, one, one Vegas source told me, and I, you know, to do with this, what you will, and this has no bearing on analysis, but this is just, this is just Vegas insider. One Vegas. Yes. One (laughs) Vegas source said that the, 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 the reason that there's no line on this game isn't because people are expecting that Fresno will compete. They said that the reason that there's no line on this game is because the difference between, what they think it'll be the win that Kendall Thompson would produce and and the win that Travis Wilson produce is the difference between 20 and 40 points. And they don't want to put a line on it because that's too big of a swing in margin of victory. But they still have Fresno State losing by at least 20 points. So, I mean, I don't know that I would read anything into the quarterback play. Uh, Certainly... A guy like Travis Wilson presents a much bigger aerial threat than Kendall Thompson. Uh, mostly, one, because Kendall Thompson's not that good at passing, but two, because Travis Wilson's really damn good. Uh, I don't know if if Whittingham's going to risk it, but I think that he might. Uh, I, 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 Wilson is – he's – you know, he's he's coming up on his this. This is, I think, his last season. I think he's a redshirt senior, but he's just had so many injuries that I'm not sure I would if I were him. Wouldn't you want to play like if you knew that you were coming up on possibly the end of your football playing career? I wouldn't give a crap if the game were against, you know, armpit university. It doesn't matter to me. I I, I want to play. Yeah, but and and, and and if and if Wilson and I don't think it has any. I'm not calling Fresno Armpit University. <laughs> I just think that Whittingham may be looking at it as I'm not going to. You know, he may say I don't want to risk it in a, in a non-conference game, but Wilson may say I don't care if they're in conference or not. I want to play. I I, I need to play football for me. And and I think that we'll see Wilson. I, I do. Fred, Utah has not looked especially potent in those two weeks, which is why I say they're vulnerable and that this is a winnable game for Fresno. But they look like they'd have – I think Fresno can win the game if Kendall Thompson starts. I truly do, just because I think he's that bad. But if Travis Wilson starts, I truthfully don't think that Fresno can win the game. Okay. Well, because I was – I was going to say, I think, I mean, whose side do you take, the player side or the coach? And if I was the coach, I would say, you know what, Travis, have a seat. Uh, we'll call you if we yeah, need you during the game. Yeah, but if he's saying he's a game-time decision, the injury is not bad enough. If you're entertaining playing the guy, then the injury can't be that bad. Yeah, but you could also just, like, sit him uh, for, look, like, Manuel, the first quarter. Manuel Pellegrini didn't want to play Sergio Aguero at all against Juventus, but guess what? <laughs> he had to. Well, Kyle Whittingham may not get a choice in the matter. Well, he just may not get a choice. If I was the coach, I would probably I would sit Wilson in the first quarter and see how things are going. Um, and, and maybe what happens. And if, if things aren't going very well, then I would put Wilson back in in the second quarter and let's go. But I count on Kendall Thompson not getting anything done, which is why I think that you should just go ahead and start Travis Wilson <laughs> if he's good to go. Because, like, I'm, you're going to end up there anyway, so just avoid it. <laughs> I'm just looking for a glimmer of hope for the Bulldogs. <laughs> Right, right, right. But you asked me what Kyle Whittingham should do. You didn't ask me. To, you didn't ask me to look at it from the perspective of the Bulldogs. If you're the Bulldogs, you're hoping Kyle Whittingham errs on the side of caution and just gets overly protective over his quarterback. 
Yeah. But if you're Whittingham, this may not, you know, well, I don't know. We'll see. And, we'll see. And their last Let's, their last game, they kind of be, uh, they beat Devontae uh, Booker into the ground a little bit. Um, he he rushed for 31 attempts for 120 yards. Uh, you think they were compensating a little bit for the quarterback play there? No, I think they were trying to get Devontae Booker going because he hasn't had that many, uh, hasn't had that productive of a start to his season. And, and Whittingham emphasized it in the press conference this week. So I think that uh, Fresno State can be, uh, the defense especially, can expect to see a healthy dose of Booker. And it's going to be whether or not. It, Look, if Utah can get Booker going, then Kendall Thompson could have a good game. But if Fresno State can stop that run, then Kendall Thompson is just an easily beatable quarterback. That's really my analysis for that game. Okay. And in all, uh, from a different perspective, how about their, their defense? I mean, I'm looking here. It, it looks like Utah State had was able to throw on this team. Uh, is that the if if Fresno can figure out their quarterback situation, that would probably be the way to go is to kind of use the either the run to set up the pass or the pass to set up the run if they could ever figure it out, one or the other. Um, would if let's say let's say Virgil starts this game, do you think he could be very effective against this Utah team passing wise? Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at what Chucky Keaton was able to do keeping Utah State into the team or in that game, and he wasn't – look, Chucky Keaton's not the same guy he was. So if you if you imagine the fact that Chucky Keaton kept – well, a, a very neutered Chucky Keaton kept Utah State in that game at least enough to call it a game to the point where people were like, wow, uh, maybe we overestimated this Utah team then you have to figure that a much more uh, look Jason Virgil looks I mean he's not too dissimilar from what Chucky Keaton could do in his prime I mean he's probably a bit better than Keaton and Keaton certainly had to adapt you know post-injury but in terms of excitability factor and and just you know uh, uh, overall joy to watch play Chucky Keaton and Jason Virgil aren't too dissimilar in their talents. So absolutely, I would think that that Jason Virgil would give Utah defense some problems. I, I mean, it, it, it would make more sense because Virgil is more of the Chucky Keaton type. But he's versatile. He's he's very athletic. He can evade the rush. He he's a very good runner from what I can take from what I can see. Um, so why, I mean, Virgil would probably be the best way to go. So I, you know, that's, we'll see what happens. You know, that game is, is going to be what they call the blackout game coming here this weekend. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely get all of our questions answered. We're, we're going to, we're going to find out what's going to happen this Saturday and, and, you know, we'll be right back here breaking it down. So I, with that being said, I think let's. I think we're just going to go ahead and wrap this one up and yep. just call it a night. I mean, I think <laughs> it might be a depressing episode for Bulldog fans, but to tell you the truth, there's no other direction for us to go on this after a beatdown that they took this last week. I mean... 50, 52 point loss, man. I mean, they generally don't inspire great press conferences. There is or- not really any other direction that we can go but be kind of negative and hope that the Bulldogs can turn it around. So let's let's hope that things get. Let's hope that there's an exciting game this weekend, at least a close one, at least until the fourth quarter, and then I oh know all bets are off. Here, here, sir. Here, here. <laughs> But uh, that being said, Josh, do you have anything uh, coming up in the pipeline? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, keep a lookout on the site. Like I said, we got some stuff going up about Nate Madsen. We got a preview coming up. Uh, I know there's already some stuff up there from Jackson from earlier in this week. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, just stay tuned to the site. Wait, I, I did post a, a amazingly fascinating article about Fresno State's newest running back commit 
um, and 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 the awesome dream that he has. <laughs> you know, I I never I've never been able to say to open up an article saying that a kid is going to work at Taco Bell for the rest of his life <laughs> and mean that in a positive way. But I thought that 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 what Darian Hammonds wants to do by owning fast food franchises and become a a, a a fast food tycoon like the Tui family from the blind side was just so dang interesting, man, that it deserved its own story. And if you get the chance to positively say that a kid's going to work at Taco Bell, how do you not take that ironic, you know, chance? You, you, you just do. Uh, great story, man. Love that kid's drive. Think it's awesome. It's up on the site. Pay attention to that. Check out uh, some of the other crap we got coming up. And, and, you know, that's pretty much where we're at, Lucio. I am good. Let's wrap it up. Well, real quick, where are you heading out this uh, this week for uh, high school football? If you're if you were even going out, uh, you know, man, we were mentioning that that Ridgeview game looks pretty interesting. Yeah, let me see. What was that? Ridgeview Bakersfield Christian. Yep, Ridgeview and Bakersfield Christian. Yeah, so that's uh, that's where you're probably heading out. I'm thinking, you know, if I get a chance to head out, I might head over to Kingsburg and catch Tulare Union Kingsburg since Romello Harris has been tearing it up this season, and he is on a record-setting pace as far as rushing yards. So um, I don't know. I might head over there and see if I can catch that game since it's a little bit closer closer to me and it's my alma mater playing. So we'll see about that. Uh, that being said, Josh, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Fight on Twist, or you can follow the site on Twitter at Barkboard at Barkboard Scout. You can also follow our amazing producer and the podcast at Red Wave Report, or you can follow me for Fresno State only purposes at Bulldogs Twist. And don't forget that you can also follow our amazingly wonderful Jackson Moore at Jackson M underscore Scout. And again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and making our show the number one rated podcast for Fresno State Athletics. And so just stay tuned as we continue the ongoing coverage. So we'll see you again next time.